As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So, Mike, we are getting a little older. Yeah, that is true, Michael. We are. (laughs) And as we age, certain things start happening to the body. Yes, this is definitely true. And most of us aren't really comfortable talking about it or even really acknowledging it. Like if I say testosterone or belly fat or sex drive. Yeah, I I get it. I mean, those things, I don't know, just feels a little icky to talk about with others, I guess. Yeah, so today we're going to dive into the story of an entrepreneur who just happens to be my friend and high school classmate, Saad Alam, and his quest to make men's health a little bit more accessible to millions of Americans over that magical age of 39. All right, well, given that I will be turning that magical age of 40 pretty soon, I am intrigued, so... Let's get right into it and roll the intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective. 
We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So this story starts after Saad sold his first company, SightLighter, an educational company that helped to automate research and annotations for students. It was a seven-year journey, which ended in being acquired by Sylvan Learning. After the acquisition, he decided to take an international vacation. Oh, nice. Where did he go? To the beaches of Thailand. Him and his girlfriend were spending the month there relaxing and recovering. That sounds really nice. Yeah, well, I should say it's the way that Saad relaxed and recovered in his own way. I did kind of maybe what most people do is I took a month off with my girlfriend. We went to Thailand and we uh, I actually spent a di- an entire month basically writing down everything I did well, everything I did bad, everything I want to improve on. And it was like a very raw look at who I was as an individual. And I started thinking to myself, what is it that I want to build next? And and I think part of my personality is once you've been kind of like moving that fast, it's hard to slow down and your body is just constantly used to motion. Well, I'm not sure if that's how I would spend my vacation, but I get it. He's still motion for running, sight lighter for nearly a decade. Yeah, and then things started to change. And then this really weird thing started happening, right? That weird thing was, all of a sudden, my mental acuity and my stamina started to decrease dramatically. And I was having trouble kind of recalling very simple facts. I was having trouble thinking through like linear problems that honestly, the 15 year old side would have just chewed right through. And then the weirdest thing started happening, which is my my body composition started to change. And um, I started to put quite a bit of weight around my midsection um, and just as for some like some background on myself, I've probably been insanely healthy my entire life. I've gone to the gym six days a week for the past 25 years of my life. I eat perfectly. I meditate twice a day. I track my sleep with three different devices. I've got an infrared sauna in my office that I take my calls from very often. So like it's just a very big part of my identity. And there's, there's a, probably a reason why. But when all these things started going wrong, it made me feel like I was less than. And, and actually, I think that the straw that broke the camel's back was, you know, probably, f- we'll call it like six months after the exit, all of a sudden my libido went away, Mike. And I don't mean like kind of went away, I mean like my plumbing wasn't working. And when you take all of those problems and you kind of like stack them on top of each other, it, it causes like these real intense psychological doubts for a man. That sounds awful. Yeah. and. I think we can all relate in our own way. I've certainly felt this after long stretches of intense, stressful work, right? After I led the acquisition of Crew, which was the parent company of Unsplash by Dribbble, I went back to work the next Monday and I could feel this like fatigue setting in. Just like he mentioned, my recall wasn't quite there. I just felt a bit dull. As if my body knew I could finally relax, the transaction was done. But at the same time, I wasn't letting it. And I've also felt this as we've gotten older, and sometimes it's hard to tell the cause of it. Is it my body hitting a new milestone, so to speak, where it refuses to function like it used to? Or is it the aftershock of enduring months and sometimes years of stressful and uncertain work within startups, right? So, but anyway, let's get back to Saad's story. All of a sudden, I'm thinking about how will I provide for my family? Um, You know, one of the greatest joys I have, especially in my culture, is taking care of my parents in their old age. And... All of a sudden, I'm wondering, will I be able to take care of my parents? Will I be able to build another company? Um, and and it, all of those things, they place like this seed of doubt in your head. 
And that seed of doubt turns into the self-defeating negative feedback cycle that just feeds on itself. And for the first time in my life, I just had lost my confidence in addition to my energy. And so that the conclusion was met by this really weird time, which thankfully actually was the reason why I even decided to build Hone. And if you want me, I can, I can kind of get into like what my process even looked like. So what it sounds like is that Saad is really solving his own problem here. Now that he mentioned Hone, but I don't think we know really what that is quite yet. Okay, so Hone is Saad's next and, and current company that he eventually founded after Sightlighter. Now, I really want to tell you about it, and we'll get there, but the journey is really an important part of the story here. We often talk about solving our own problems in product and entrepreneurship, and this is a classic case of identifying a problem, developing a better solution to take it to mass market. Okay, well, I'll play along. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. <laughs> okay, so he goes to his primary care physician. He tells him what's happened how he's feeling that something, it's very wrong as far as he could tell. He sends me somewhere else to take a blood test. I come back to his office and I lie to you not, Mike. He sits me down. He like looks very serious into my eyes. He puts his, his hand on my knee and he's like, look, I want to tell you that it's all in your head. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. I said, you're going to make me come back here so I can pay you a copay to tell you that it's in my head. I said, absolutely not. Like, I know something is wrong with my body. And that's what started this really interesting journey of me obsessively meeting different specialists. Um, and eventually about six months in, I met a group of hormone optimization and regenerative physicians. They took a look at my blood levels and they very quickly said, oh, we know exactly what the problem is. You've got the testosterone levels of an 80 year old man. And I was like, I remember, I remember hearing it. My natural inclination was like, oh, the T word. That's so dirty and so undervalued. Like, why does it have to be testosterone? Why can't it have been my thyroid? Something that sounds real. <laughs> and, and they're like, actually, you know what? A large majority of the patients that we deal with are younger guys like you. I said, fascinating. Um, and, and so I went on this, this optimization therapy and it fundamentally changed my life. You know, here I was having trouble getting out of bed certain days and feeling sad, frankly. It's almost like someone had broken up with me to, to feeling like my 20 year old self within six months. And I don't mean the ability to like go drink all night longer, like have superhuman strength. What I really mean is feeling like my best self on my best day ever. And what that does is it gives you momentum back in your life and the momentum and I don't mean to make this sound soft, it gives you the ability to dream again and to see your life in a different light. And then I started thinking about, well, what is else? What is it that I wanna build? And it became very obvious. I wanna help other men have confidence as they age. All right, let's take a quick break here and we'll be back with more from Saad and the story of Hone Health. Before the break, we heard the story of Saad Alam as he exited his first company and was searching for his next. And in that time, his body and mind started to break down. Things weren't functioning like they used to. So Saad began visiting doctors and specialists, trying to figure out what was happening. And he landed in the office of a hormone optimization regenerative physician. But this process of even getting into that office, it's obscured for many men out there. My primary care provider thought I was a joke, which is actually in large part what happens to a lot of men, especially if they're younger. And most primary care physicians are not taught how to understand the nuance behind what a testosterone me reading means and 
I would probably argue 75% of them to 80% won't even do it because they'll, they'll, they won't take it seriously. So that's one. The second is after you finally find a specialist who very often won't treat you, um, they're going to probably push you to like an optimization or a testosterone clinic and testosterone clinics. God bless you guys. Cause you change a ton of men's, men's lives, but the overall experience is kind of like, it feels sterile. It doesn't feel like people necessarily are treating you as a person. It really is as a shot or like a pill. And, and the other, the fundamental problem with it is you have to go into those clinics every single week to receive therapy because very often they're intramuscular shots for testosterone. And hormone optimization, by the way, has multiple different treatments that you can utilize in order to actually help a person feel like themselves a little bit more. And I should also probably say this, I am not a trained healthcare professional, uh, so you should not be taken. <laughs> um, and so one is a convenience factor, right? Especially you're a father, you've got two young children. What if I told you that you had to go to an office every single week with this wonderful gig you're running and you kind of have like, are crushing it on your company side and do that every single week? It's, it's a lot of work. And then on top of it, for a lot of guys, they don't want to go into a doctor in person and talk about this problem. It's, it's super embarrassing. And they start thinking to themselves, like, how can I do it in the comfort of my home? How can I do treatment without ever leaving my home? So, so part of the problem was, how can you make it more convenient for men? And the other part of it too, frankly, is how can I make it more convenient for the same price, if not cheaper over the long term? than what it currently costs. And here the idea of Hone was born. Sodded found a problem. Aging men's testosterone levels often drop, causing them to feel less than optimal. Access to treatment was difficult because the gatekeepers didn't take the problem seriously. Because it's not taken seriously and it's embarrassing to talk about. Many people who could be treated simply never made it to the right specialist. And even when they did, the experience was sterile and fairly inconvenient. Okay, so this is the problem that he set out to solve. So he got to work. I'm a consumer at my heart, meaning like I'm a sneakerhead. If you put a really nice Nike ad up in Times Square and I walk by it, I'm going to buy it. I'm like, you're going to get me. <laughs> um, if I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see a new brand that pops up that's mission-driven that I feel like I resonate with, I'm going to buy it uh, just to support the founders. And so as, as I thought about the current, the current obstacle or the stigma that has to be overcome, when you talk about testosterone, I would imagine that 80% of the guys out there that are hearing this or the women are there, they're just cringing. They're like, oh, there's like a pucker fact that your body goes through. And so we said, how do we build a brand for, for guys just like us, right? The average testosterone user is 53. Our average user is 39. I happen to be 39 myself. You do too. Um, and we, and I said, how do we build a brand for guys just like us that resonates with us and helps us actually see something much larger? Because right. If I, if I just told you I was building a testosterone business, frankly, that, that is, that isn't that exciting. My, my actual fundamental belief set is that, Mike, you and I will probably get to live until we're 110 or 120. I think barring the no chronic problems, no acute circumstances, there is a very high probability that we definitely have a health span that is far longer than our fathers. And so sitting here at 39, if you think you're going to live until 110, that means you may have 55 to 60 good years ahead of us. Forget about the, the life at the end that makes it really difficult. And you start to say to yourself, 
if that's the case, it means that the arc of a man's life is being completely redefined right now. And the playbook our fathers had, which is retiring at 65, is actually no longer valid. And what essentially happens is by the time you're 40 or you're 50, you've accumulated a set of behaviors over your life that are that your father may have taught you that are wonderful, but they frankly are probably not the behaviors you need to go another 50 years in your best health. And so we started saying to ourselves, what kind of brand do we need to create that helps men roll out like the new playbook so they can understand how to be the best version of themselves as they get older? And that is far broader than testosterone. And so when we thought about the company, it's how do we create a lifestyle brand that men can resonate with and feel like this represents what I want to be in my life? And you know, the, the most important thing is when you go to the principal insight of what our customers say, you literally say, well, why are you taking this? It's not because I want to be larger in the gym. It's not because I want to have better sex. Although, by the way, those both of those things are great. <laughs> it, it really is. I want more. And this is like a really deep statement when you think about it. I want more energy so I can feel like myself and so I can take care of the people I love. Right? It's really that. I don't feel like the Mike Sacca I did as I was 23. And because of that, I'm maybe not, a, not as good of a husband. I'm maybe not as good of a father. By the way, I'm not saying this is you. I'm just saying that this is like actually what we hear from our guys day in and day out. And it has to do with the identity that we have for ourselves of being providers, man. That is a madman quality sales pitch right there. For anyone out there building a brand, that right there is how you build your brand story. Because he lived the problem, he's astute at identifying the anxieties his customers have and getting really down into the root of the problem. Okay, let's take a quick break here and we'll get right back with more from Saad and Home Health. So before the break, we were discussing how Saad built the foundation for what would become the Hone Health brand. Identifying the problem and fully understanding their customer and then building a brand that spoke to that. About a month ago, we switched ourselves over to Hone as we decided we, we were going for this more of a lifestyle approach that is about a longer life rather than just like a particular place in your life, which is what Peak represented. And what we did candidly is I was really lucky. Um, we brought together maybe one of the best direct-to-consumer early-stage healthcare teams in the country that have understood how to scale marketing teams, have understood how to scale technology teams, have understood how to scale blood testing. Came together in September of 2020, and then we basically said, we want to launch Q1 2021. And March came around of 2021, we had basically like... A, a bulletproof medical protocol, blood testing that was validated, and the technology worked-ish, uh, right? And <laughs> it worked. It worked. Um, and then COVID happened. And what was interesting is that when COVID happened, we basically looked at, around at each other and we were planning to, just, to launch out to one state. And we said, let's be more aggressive. And we, we went out to like 30 states at once. And it was a sprint. And interestingly, this particular product resonated with such a large group of men. And so it, it just grew at an, an astoundingly fast rate uh, to where we are right now. So he knew the problem his customers faced. He understood the anxieties they had and the hurdles they faced when trying to solve this problem. And he knew that he wanted to approach it with a lifestyle brand, something that was inspirational and relatable. So again, he got to work. And so like, what we really focused on was not the brand at all 
actually not as much of the customer service experience. It was three really simple things. Can we make sure we provide really high quality medical service to men? Can we make sure we get the medications on time every single month? And can we make sure that the tests that we're using to evaluate them are uh, scientifically validated, right? Because that's the core of the medical service. And now we're starting to focus on how do you make that look and feel really beautiful. Now, he's not a doctor. I wouldn't really know where to begin navigating the healthcare industry. <laughs> so this is one of the big learnings he had for himself. To answer your question about where to begin, he worked with Nate Lockman, who was a legal expert in the healthcare field, who helped him navigate the laws literally state by state. And as we get to the end of the story here, I actually asked Saad what he did differently the second time around. The first company I built, I focused more on what does the product look like? I didn't think about distribution as much, and I didn't put enough time into recruiting. I probably put 5 to 10% of my time into recruiting. And I think what I realized is that if I'm the smartest person in a room, it is probably the wrong room to be in because I'm actually not that smart. And the way my, my management philosophy has changed dramatically is I probably spend 50% of my time recruiting and I find the people that I'm almost intimidated by that have done something really well and established themselves as a subject matter expert. And then I beg them to come work for us. <laughs> I beg them. And then I basically say like, let's make sure the strategy is in place and let's agree on what your timeline is. And I'm going to get out of your way and I'm going to let you do what you do. And, and what I basically want to make sure I'm doing is keeping my finger on the pulse of what's happening. But by and large, this is your show. And I think that by focusing all my efforts to only bring in proven, trained professionals and like killers, it is, it is the way we've built like this unbelievable culture during telehealth, but more importantly, a company that moves really, really fast. And, and for me, that's probably been the biggest shift in kind of like what I've done differently. The other thing I think I've done differently is I'd probably say like, First time founders tend to really focus on like how perfect is the product. And I think second time founders understand distribution is probably more important because you can perfect the product as you actually improve the business. And it's also like squeezing more gross margins out of the business means you can move faster and, and just hire up more, more uh, faster on the product side. Um, so I think those are the, the two main things that I really, really did differently. And also probably I'm so more chill now before I, I, was, <laughs> I probably was like, you kind of have like this weird image of is the way you manage kind of like Steve Jobs did by yelling, not to say that I yelled, but I was just it was like, felt like I had the screws to everything. And now it is so much more, how do you just build a, a, a wonderful culture that people care about? And how do you let people breathe and run on their own? And how do you create environments that really like push them to run on their own? Some really solid lessons there. And if you want to learn more about Hone, go to hone.health. That's all from us for this week. We'll be back next week. For Rocketship.fm, we're Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. So long. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to the 
podglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.